0: Well, you have a new salsa you like, Angela. You can tell everybody.
1: I do. You guys need to check out Green Mountain Gringo. I had their medium salsa, which was so good.
0: Well, I don't want to confuse people, but I had the Green Mountain Gringo hot sauce. Oh, yeah? How's the hot sauce? Very good.
1: Did you know they also make their own tortilla chips?
0: I didn't know that. Yes,
1: they use stone ground, all-natural, yellow corn flour, and sea salt. Ugh. Ugh. Come on.
0: Visit GreenMountainGringo.com and start shopping. Use the store locator to find Green Mountain Gringo products, get inspiration for recipes, and purchase products using promo code PODCAST24 for 20% off. That's promo code PODCAST24. And don't forget to check out their backside. Shopping for your first home or a new home can be really overwhelming You want to make sure that you have the right resources. And that's why Homes.com is home shopping the way it should be.
1: Here's what I like about it. You get to know a neighborhood without ever setting foot in it. Because Homes.com's comprehensive neighborhood details, you get all the in-depth details, guides,
0: videos, unbiased insight from a variety of sources. That is very useful. Mm -hmm. There's also detailed school information I mean, really detailed stuff like test scores, student to teacher ratios, so that you can have the info you need to find the right school for your kids in the neighborhoods you're looking at. Also, having the right real estate agent can make or
1: break your home search. And Homes.com's agent directory and profiles offer a detailed look at each agent's experience so you can find out your perfect match. And Homes.com features the listing agent on each listing, so you can easily connect with them without having to scramble to find contact info.
0: Plus, Homes.com's unique collaboration tools let you connect, share, and search for homes with ease all in one place. Go to Homes.com to learn more. We've done your homework. I'm Jenna Fisher. And I'm Angela Kinsey. We were on The Office together. And we're best friends. And now we're doing the Ultimate Office rewatch podcast just for you.
1: Each week, we will break down an episode of The Office and give exclusive behind-the-scenes stories that only two people who were there can tell you. We're The Office ladies.
0: Hello. Hi there. Today is women's appreciation. Everyone start right now. Think of a woman you appreciate. Appreciate that lady. <laughs> appreciate her. Maybe pause. Give her a text message. But appreciate a woman. Because Michael is going to appreciate women today. He knows the crap out of women. And he is,
1: <laughs> he's going to appreciate them And I'm excited. I loved this episode.
0: I loved filming this episode. I wrote about it in my journal. Oh, lady, I can't wait. (laughs) This is season three, episode 21, written by Gene Stupnitsky and Lee Eisenberg, directed by Tucker Gates. Let's get right to it. After Phyllis is flashed in the parking lot, Michael decides to take the women to the mall to bond and unwind. The workplace was too um, masculine. So he wanted to take them somewhere where they could really relax. And that's the mall. Yeah. Oh, Michael. Well, while at the mall, Michael reveals how distressing his relationship with Jan is. Oh, distressing is a word. Yeah, I had to come up with a word for the summary. I picked distressing. Yeah. And with the support of the women, he decides to break up with her. Meanwhile, Andy and Dwight try to hang up sketches of the flasher. They're trying to find this guy. Right. The pervert. Yeah. Yep. The, the <laughs> sketch was drawn by Pam and it heavily resembles Dwight. It's exactly Dwight. It's Dwight with a mustache. And no glasses. Oh, yeah. Finally, Kevin and the rest of the men in the office enjoy hanging out in the ladies' bathroom. Yeah. That is a crazy episode description. And that really is just just barely touching the
1: surface. It really is. It really is. I mean, is. Meredith's van isn't in that summary, and that's a whole— That Meredith's van could be a whole episode itself.
0: Oh, I wish we'd done an episode called Meredith's van. Yeah. Wouldn't you like to see that? Yeah, exactly. Or that's a spinoff right there, Meredith's van. Just Meredith living out of her van. Yeah. Um, what are your fast facts, lady? Well, and my first fast fact is about you. What is it? Is it true that you once had a flasher at one of your jobs? Okay, this is true. And (laughs) I
1: told this story in the writer's room. So I was talking to Greg on set one day about just different things that happened when I worked at 1-800-DENTIST as an operator. And he was like, oh, you got to go up to the writer's room. You got to tell everybody these stories. So I did. And and I'm not sure that this episode is 100% from the story. But I like to think it was a little bit inspired. So I was working at one 800 dentists in my early 20s, which was just yesterday, Jenna. Really, right? Yeah, it really was. Just it was. yesterday. Yeah. And we had a man. He went into the women's restroom and kind of hid out in the women's restroom. And then when women would go in there, he would flash them.
0: And Who was he?
1: We don't know. He was like some guy from the street. He was like, went in the women's but restroom. I don't,
0: okay, wait, 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 wait. Wait, how did he, where were your, did one 800 dentists not have their own dedicated bathroom? Was it like a, a no, whole building It bathroom? was a whole building. Yes, it was a whole building and several businesses,
1: you know, the bathrooms were in the hallway. You know what I Shared mean? Shared bathroom. Yep, yeah. 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 Okay. Like when I go to a
0: doctor's office.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. This guy, he came in off the street and um, he flashed one of the ladies when she went into the bathroom and she came running out. And came in the office and was like, I just got flashed. And oh my gosh, one 800 dentists obviously took this very seriously. And they implemented a whole new security system for our office. Okay, we are talking to people about their teeth. That's all we are doing. We're talking to mm-hmm. people about their teeth. But guess what our security system was? Guess what? what the upgrade was? What? They scanned all of our fingerprints. And when we got to work, there was a scanner that you put your hand on that opened up to our hallway. Oh. I put my hand there, and it would go blink, blink. Angela Kinsey admitted. Wow. Yeah. All because of the flasher. Yeah. But anyway, (laughs) I told the writers that we had a flasher at work, and it caused all this big hullabaloo. And, you know,
0: I just like to think. That went on a note card on the wall somewhere. I want to give you credit for that. Oh, well, thanks. (laughs) I like it. All right. Well, are you ready for fast fact number two? Yeah. Fast fact number two. This episode originally aired in May of 2007, and it is a supersized episode. Yes. However, when it reran in August, they cut it down. I know. They trimmed out a bunch of stuff. Why was that? The reason this was originally a supersized episode is because this was our 50th episode of The Office. Oh, wow. So it was like a little celebration. But you know, then when shows rerun, they have to be regular size. Oh, I see. Well, to celebrate our 50th anniversary, we invited two super fan Office bloggers to the set for a full day of filming so they could have a sneak peek. And do you remember who they were? Was it definitely Jenny Tan from Office Tally? Yes, and Kath Scary from Give Me My Remote.
1: Oh, nice. Oh, they were so supportive of the show. I feel like they really were some of the first people organizing an online fan site where fans could go and share.
0: Yeah, and the writers would read their sites and gather feedback like they were a big part of formulating the show. I still
1: go to office dot com, Jenna. Like when I'm looking up quotes when we're doing our podcast document and I'm like, oh, I want to get that exactly right. I, I will go to office tally because they usually have quotes up there.
0: Yeah. Well, I went and looked at both of their blogs that they did after visiting the set. And I'm going to sprinkle in some of their observations as we go along in this episode. Oh, that's so fun. This is like a little time capsule. Yes, it was so cool. And by the way, okay, wait, here's one of the things that Jenny Tan wrote about her visit. This was just sort of an overview. Okay. she wrote, everybody works together really well. The actors are just incredible, and they are so well prepared, knew their lines, and I didn't hear any of them once ask for a line. That's true, though. That's true. We were, we were
1: pros. We came up ready to play. But you know what? Steve set the bar for that. We've said that many times.
0: She also probably couldn't see that we had our scripts hidden in our desks. And we would sometimes have to sneak a look. Oh, we yes. had to sneak a look between takes. We did do that. We did sort of like just look over them really quickly, but that's all right. That's all right. We didn't, we were never like line. Can I get my line? What's my line? Yeah. So yeah. And then Angela, another thing I thought was really interesting. She noted that you had a four 30 AM call time that day.
1: Those first Few seasons, I was almost always at 4.30 because we didn't have, you know, the budget that we, we then ultimately gained and we hired more hair and makeup people. So they would stack us super early in the morning. Kate Flannery and I always were there at
0: 4.30. I remember that. And then this also I thought was kind of funny. She wrote this. Jenna mentioned more than once on her MySpace blog that she sometimes wears sweatpants and her Uggs when she knows she's only being shot from the waist up and it's true. She wanted. She confirmed yes, that I only our, our, got half-dressed. Our set was so cold. I know. I know. So anyway, I am really excited because I'm going to sprinkle some of their observations in throughout the episode. All right. So what's fast fact number three? Fast fact number three is a location breakdown based on this fan question from Deva Crane, Sophia Behenna, Cassandra Irochetta, Mary Ruff, And Jocelyn Isaguire, they all ask, did you film in a real mall? Where was it? Did you have to close it down? Or did you film with real patrons? Now, Ange, I usually go to Kentopedia. But you didn't need to this time, lady.
1: You didn't need to
0: because this was our mall. This was our mall, you guys. Literally, this is the mall in our neighborhood where we lived Angela and I have been to this mall in real life 90 gazillion times. Many, many times together,
1: separately. Sometimes we'd have a BFF date.
0: Yes. This was Fashion Square Mall in Studio City. It was like three miles from my house.
1: Oh, yeah. We went all the time. We knew knew the layout. We knew when they said, okay, ladies, we're going to start the morning in the food court. You and I were like, I wonder where they're going to seat us, maybe over by Panda Express, or are they going to put us over in the corner? I bet they put us in the corner.
0: Yeah. We knew the layout. We knew the layout, of course. And guys, we did not close down the whole mall for filming. No. No, people were there. We started crazy early, though. In the food court. Yeah. And we started upstairs. There was like an upper level of the food court, Mm -hmm. and we had that whole upper level to ourselves. And it didn't open until like 11 a.m., but we had to be done so they could open the food court on time. I remember that.
1: Yeah, I wrote that we were seated in the food court filming at 7 a.m.
0: Yeah. Yes. And all the people in that food court were hired background performers. Mm -hmm. But later, when we went into the mall, all the people sort of passing behind us, like behind your talking head, behind Steve's talking head, those were just people in the mall. Yeah. They they couldn't close that main part of the mall, right? So
1: we were just navigating around them and we were filming and that this is a thing I wrote in my journal, Jenna is that we really realized what a big star Steve was like, we knew, we knew he'd become a big star. You know, he had these movies coming out and they were big hits, but being at that shopping mall to him, we really got a window into what his life was like now because no one yelled our names. No yeah. one, Jenna, no, people are walking right past us, but they would see Steve and they would start to yell at him, Steve, Steve. I wrote that someone yelled, I love Lamp. Oh yeah.
0: That yes. line from Anchorman. Yes. <laughs>
1: And we were like, oh, my God, Steve, that guy's yelling at you about the lamp. And he goes, I know. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. That was crazy. Yeah. That was crazy. I do remember, though, that they shut down the Victoria's Secret for us. We had the whole store.
1: Yeah, we we felt very fancy about that. That was very exciting yeah. to have a whole store to yourself. That was so cool.
0: And then we also had one level of the parking garage. And they put all our trailers there. We ate lunch there. They set up the catering, and then we also were able to bring in our own cars to do that scene with Meredith. Yeah, parking.
1: Yeah, but but we really, we really just spent the whole day at the mall. We really did.
0: (laughs) We really did. And, lady, by the way, I'm going to point it out, but there oftentimes you can see you and I walking in the background together yeah of different shots and our characters should not be walking together no in we, the background shopping.
1: no we were just kind of we were just hanging out. We were yeah. probably saying this listen, we should come back tomorrow because did you see the sale?
0: We were a hundred percent doing yeah, that We, we were Kelly at the mall.
1: yeah if we have a break maybe we can sneak in there. yeah, yeah. I, I I mean, I feel like we did some shopping that day.
0: I'm, I, I was going to say, I, I feel swear like I did. came home with something from Macy's. I know. I know. I'm pretty sure. All right. Well, ladies, should we take a break and then we come back? We will really, really break down this episode. I might have tracked something. We might need to discuss it. That is the best news I've heard all day. I well, can't wait to track something You might change you. your mind. Oh, no. All right. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be back. One of my most favorite things about doing this podcast is when we get to partner with a new advertiser and they send us their products, and this one in particular got me excited, Angela. We got a whole box of 7th Generation products. I was so excited. Josh was so excited. 7th Generation wants you to know that human nature is messy, but nature nature can help us embrace it. 7th Generation laundry detergent lifts away tough stains with the power of bioenzymes. Yeah, yeah. And really good smelling bioenzymes, everyone. Yeah. That's the power of 7th Generation.
1: Find laundry detergent and other laundry products at SeventhGeneration.com.
0: Your home is your creative canvas. It can be an expression of your unique style, and only Wayfair has everything you need to bring that vision to life. All right. We just got my daughter the cutest cozy swivel chair, and it's like fuzzy, and it sits in the corner of her bedroom. And I love it. Well, Wayfair makes it easy with fast and free shipping, even on big stuff like your fluffy chair, Ange. They'll even help you set it up. Every style is welcome in the Waberhood. Visit Wayfair.com or get the Wayfair mobile app. That's W-A-Y-F-A-I-R.com.
1: Wayfair. Every style. Every home. And we are back. We start with a cold open, Jenna, that was originally written... For the business school episode. What? Yes, the cold open where Jim comes in and he's tardy and Dwight is going to write him up. That was originally for the business school episode. And the Dwight and Jim dressing like each other was supposed to be for this episode. But they switched them for time.
0: Wow. Yeah. Well, you know, they would do these cold opens and they were meant to be standalone. They were meant to be their own encapsulated joke that really didn't, interfere with the main plot of an episode. So I guess they were kind of interchangeable in a way. Now, sometimes the cold open did affect the plot. But, you know, two standalone cold opens, I guess you can put them wherever you want.
1: And I feel like the tag in this episode is plot related. So I think it was for the best. Yes, so, I agree. All right. So, Jenna, here's the thing. Do you know that if you're tardy, you will get three demerits? Yep. And then you'll receive a citation? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and then five citations, and you're going to get a violation.
0: Which is bad, because tell us what happens after that.
1: Four violations, and you're going to get a verbal warning. Oh, no. Yeah, keep it up. You're going to get a written warning.
0: Yeah. Two written warnings, and you're going to be in a world of hurt in the form of a disciplinary review. And that disciplinary review is going to be written by Dwight and placed on the desk of his immediate superior, who, by the way, is Jim. Who is tardy. Right. It's going to take a
1: week worth of like paperwork. (laughs) I mean, this just made me laugh so hard. I just feel like I know these people. I feel like I know a Dwight. I feel like I worked with a Dwight, like someone who has such a small amount of control and takes it so seriously. It's just so ridiculously perfect.
0: I love it. This episode opens with Phyllis arriving to work and she is clearly upset. And by the way, I really like how all of us are genuinely kind to Phyllis and concerned for her. Yeah. Yeah, she's shooken
1: up and we're worried about her. And Jenna, before we get into the scene, I have to share something with you that has become part of our family. It's like a family story. You know those stories in your family that you retell over and over, you know? Well, this episode inspired one of those family stories for me that we get together and retell at family reunions and everyone just cracks up. What is it? All right. Jenna, you know my grandmother, Lena May Kinsey. She was a very, very proper, classy Southern lady. Yes. And, um, you know, she was not a fan of The Office. She thought that Michael Scott was vulgar. And she would say to me, Angela, we are so proud of you. But I don't care for it and I do not watch it. But we are so proud of you. I remember. So my parents were really getting into the show and they were like, Lena May, you got to give it another shot. We gave it another shot and now we like it. You got to watch this week's episode. Oh no. I call home. I'm like, hey, mom. Uh, are you going to watch this week? We are. And we told your grandmother to watch. We got it on right now. I said, oh, no, mom, not this week. Not this week for grandmother. Oh, no. She
0: was like, why not? And I said, because Phyllis gets flashed and it's all we talk about. What did your grandma say when she watched this Well, episode? she never watched another episode, did
1: she? I, I called home the next day and I said, hey, mom, did you talk to grandmother? Did she watch it? She said, I did, and this is what she said. And I wrote it down, and I had it. My, I have it in my journal. This is what my grandmother said. I watched it right up until they started talking about
0: penises, and then I turned it off. That was probably good she turned it off because, I mean, we didn't want her to be subjected to that scene in the mall when Michael describes his sex life with jam. Oh, my God. When he's like, what is a pap (laughs) smear? I'm
1: glad my grandmother didn't make it that far. Do you want to know when she turned it off? Yes. Four minutes, 25 seconds is the first time we say the word penis. Click. Bye-bye. She checked out. She was done. And I mean, up until that point, you know, we're talking about how Phyllis has been flashed and... Where he put it on the map. Oh my God, Jenna, do you remember that Phyllis could not get through that? Do you remember that?
0: No. Which part? She
1: broke every time she said he had it out on the map. She could not get through it. She was laughing so hard.
0: Well, I remember it was very difficult to get through Creed saying, What's the big deal? He's hanging brain. I know. That you know, like that phrase hanging brain it's so was really gross. tough. It's so gross. But then Michael comes in and he finds out what happens. And he is like completely not sympathetic at all. And Phyllis isn't even there anymore. Phyllis has gone off with Bob Vance. He's taking her for a walk to calm her down. But Michael comes in and he is just making a joke of it. and. He puts his finger in his pants, through the zipper of his pants, to look like a penis. And I remember we all thought, there's no way this is making this on TV.
1: Well, Jenna, I was super curious about how we were able to get this on the air. So I went to the DVD commentary to see if they said anything. And they did say there was one specific thing we had to do by standards and practices rules.
0: Oh, Really? This went all the way to standards and practices. Should
1: we tell them what standards and practices
0: is? Yeah, well, there's like there's certain rules about what you can and cannot broadcast on network television.
1: Well, according to the DVD commentary, this was the one thing we had to do by standards and practices. Before Michael turns around with his finger in his the fly of his pants. Yeah. Camera has to see him fully extend his hand outside of his pants, and then watch his hand go in his pants through his fly. So you know, beyond a shadow of a doubt, that is Michael's hand. You'll see Michael turns around, and you have a close-up of his hand, and what, and he's kind of fidgeting so that we all know it's his hand. And that was because standards and practices said that's the only way we'll let the scene play. Wow. I know. I still can't believe that we got away with it. And then what I
0: really can't believe is that when – Toby walks in, the finger goes down. Yes. Well, fan catch from Brianne, Catherine, Julie, Elizabeth, and Christina. Everyone noticed that in the background of this exchange between Michael and Toby, it's sort of near the end after Toby's walked away and Michael is apologizing. John Krasinski is visibly red in the face and laughing into his hand.
1: He is flat out breaking. And not only that, I love this fan catch because I wrote a time code down between four minutes and 36 seconds and four minutes, 40 seconds. I see John, not Jim, look right to Randall, our camera operator.
0: Yes, I thought the same thing. I thought that is not Jim glancing to camera. That is John glancing at Randall. Yes, because it's just above camera. You know, it's not right down the
1: barrel, which is where he would normally glance. He's looking at Randall, trying not to break. And Randall was probably breaking too, but they're having a moment. And the line that really made him go is when Michael says, as that was coming out of my mouth, I knew that it was
0: wrong. Well, now Michael has a talking head where he explains that in all of the excitement, he forgot that his primary concern is Keeping the people in his office safe, and that women just can't have fun if they don't feel safe. And he knows this because, you know, he and Jan have a safe word, which is foliage. What is happening in that bedroom? I don't know. What I is don't know.
1: happening that he has a safe word that she doesn't pay attention to? I, what is happening? I don't know. Oh, Lord. Oh, and then Jan's phone call. She, like, wants his body. She's going to leave him $200, $300. She'll get more vodka. Hunter, are you on the call? Like, everything about this is horrifying. Lady, I have
0: to say that that thing of, like, Hunter, are you on the call? That has happened to me in business calls where I'll be talking to my agent or to my manager, and I'm having what I think is, like, a private, candid conversation and all of a sudden, like 20 minutes in, they'll ask their assistant, did you get that? Can you go ahead and set that meeting? And the assistant's like, no problem, I'll put it in the calendar. And I'm like, wait, what? How long did that a there? thing? you just your assistant just listens to our phone calls? That's a thing. Man, oh man,
1: I couldn't be an assistant. I couldn't handle that information. It would, oh. I, it would be so hard for me not to interject. Like if I had to listen in and my boss was having a conversation with someone and it got like sort of personal or heated, it'd be so hard for me, you know, to not be like, you know, you might try just taking a minute, take a <laughs> breath before you, you know, don't say something you're going to regret. <laughs> They'd be like, who is that? Well, we have a nice
0: callback at five minutes, 47 seconds. Yes, we had some fans catch this as well, Angela. Mm -hmm. Dwight is down in the parking lot and he is stabbing the shrubbery with that pointed, carved out broom handle Uh Uh that he made for business school when he was worried that Jim was becoming a vampire. Yeah, he kept it. Of course he kept it. He probably duct taped it under his desk. (laughs) Well that was caught also by Renee Brown and Stevens, Bethany A, Phoebe Tomac and Jacob Hirsch among others. All right. So Jenna, now it's 6 minutes 29
1: seconds. Michael and Dwight have decided they are going to form a new anti-flashing task force. They come out and announce this and I want you to know Rain Wilson broke so hard throughout this scene, Jenna. I think we I think we did like 15 or 16 takes.
0: Do you remember what line he could not get through? Because I will never forget it.
1: I'll never forget it. And it's on the bloopers. Oh. It's so
0: good. Say it, Jenna. So he says that we should install floodlights in the parking lot. Yeah. (laughs) And then then he he says, I know. I know know. what you're thinking. Won't Won't that that just shed shed more more light light on on the the penises? penises? We could not get through that line. When I was rewatching and I heard him say it again, yeah. <laughs> I was like, we could, that line is so genius and absurd. I know. Sorry, it just
1: cracks me up. And all of it, all of it was so perfect. And then him having to say, Pam, you can drug it with phallus. And you're like, phallus? Phyllis, sorry, I just have penises on the brain. And then Jim's looked a camera. This whole moment is just so beautifully written and performed.
0: Yes. And the other thing that led to the absurdity of it is that you're expecting Dwight to have horrible ideas. But his ideas start off really good, smart this idea of floodlights, this idea of extra security cameras. And I remember being directed to give a look to Phyllis, like reassuring, like, hey, they're not going to totally mess this up. And then it just gets weird and so funny. Yeah. He starts out so well. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Well, so Pam is going to meet up with Phyllis and she's going to make a sketch, except that Phyllis can't really remember any details. And Pam's like, it's fine. I just don't feel like answering the phone. Yeah. But then Karen enters and now we get Dwight's weird list of ideas. So like what he was announcing originally is what the business park was planning to do. To help the situation. And now we're getting Dwight's mandate. Yeah. Dwight's mandate is basically lock up the women. And get rid of all the bananas. Yeah. What is happening? (laughs) Yes. He starts saying that, like, the women have to dress a certain way. They have to wear sleeves down to their wrists, muted colors and Pam is like, no one dresses like that. And then the camera swings over to Angela, which is a very funny moment that was in the script. I remember this was one of those moments, Jenna, that it looks
1: simple, but it was very choreographed because the B camera had to find me and zoom in, right? And it's a quick, yep. it's a very quick whip over and it had to, you know, be in focus. So that's a really tiny moment, but it was very thought out exactly where I would stand. And it was all timed off of your line. And I want you to know, since we're talking about what I have on, that at 8 minutes, 28 seconds is when you see my outfit, that our wardrobe designer, Carrie Bennett, and I had so much fun. We were giddy. When she got the script and it said I would be wearing this like cat sweater and this outfit, we, we just couldn't wait. And I tried on all these different sweaters. This is the one we picked. And you can't really tell, but each of the cat is very different and distinct. And one of the cats on the sweater had a beaded purse that it was carrying. Wow. One of the other cats had like earmuffs, but the the earmuffs were like poofy, you know? Wow. Yeah. I wish I still had that sweater.
0: I talked to Carrie about where did she shop for you? Where did she find this stuff? And you know what she told me? What? She said that a lot of your sweaters and your floofy blouses were vintage. That's true. That is true. And there was no double for them. There was just one. Yeah. And it would make her a little nervous because if you spilled coffee on it or something, she was going to be in trouble. But that was how she found these weird little items And also, she said vintage clothing usually runs smaller, and so it was fewer alterations for her, actually.
1: Yes, that is true. And she would let me know when whatever sweater or or blouse I had didn't have a double. And I always made sure, Jenna, to change at lunch. I never ate in my clothes because we
0: often didn't have a match for it. I remember that. I also remember you sometimes, Angela, if we were rushing, you would do this really elaborate, like napkin bib thing yeah. on the yes. front of you? I would. I would you take were so like, worried.
1: I would take... Sometimes we were rushing for whatever reason and I didn't have time to run to my trailer and change. I would get like eight napkins and yeah. tuck them around my collar all the way to my armpit. It's yeah. Like, <laughs> I looked insane. So now the women in the office, they're really upset with Dwight, right? These rules are ridiculous. Yeah. And Michael comes out. He's upset with Dwight. He's like, you know what? Women's appreciating meeting in the conference room. He's qualified to appreciate women.
0: Because he came from a woman. Yeah. He has slept with more than one woman.
1: Less than three.
0: Well, that's not accurate information. Yeah. He says. Yeah. But also, he just knows the crap out of women, Angela. I know. What women need is (laughs) RESPCT. That's what they need. Phyllis's face when he says that is so
1: amazing. She gets this little look that washes over her face like, huh?
0: Fan question from Taylor Seagraves and Jenna Aldridge. When Michael spells out respect, was that improv or scripted? It was scripted that he spelled it out correctly. And then every take, he would do it differently. We couldn't get through it. This was another moment.
1: That's what Steve would do, though. You know, he was like the comedy assassin. He would, like, take it as it was written, and then he would play around with it. and You could never know what he was going to do, and it made it so hard to
0: keep a straight face. Yes. Also, during this scene, Angela Dwight is eating a banana. Yeah. And this is one of the ones he's taken from the kitchen. Kath from GiveMeMyRemote.com noted in her blog that Rain had to eat a new banana every time we started over a new take. And we did a lot of takes of this scene. She asked Rain on set that day how it was to eat all the bananas. And he said it was making him sick and he may never eat another banana again.
1: It turned on him. That would
0: happen. Yeah. And he made a big choice early on, which was to devour the banana, which was a very, very funny choice. And he had to repeat it then. But that is how he made Dwight eat. Rain,
1: you did this to yourself. Let's not forget the pancakes. And then we have a candy bar coming up. Dwight does nothing half-assed. If he's going to eat something, he eats it.
0: Yeah, that's true.
1: Sorry, I'm yelling at you. (laughs) (laughs) I like it. Bring it on. I'm getting
0: very worked up by how (laughs) Dwight eats. Well, now the meeting is underway in the conference room. Michael is perched Perched. on his chair like a bird.
1: Nine minutes, 36 seconds. How does Steve sit like this? I don't know. How does he do it? He just finds the most awkward ways to sit and stand. And it's so funny.
0: Well, he apologizes for all of the men who didn't take this seriously. Creed still doesn't understand what the big deal is. But Michael explains no one likes being flashed. It's not just women. When Meredith flashed him during the Christmas party, he he was sick. He hated it. Yeah. But listen, he also wants us to know that a penis in the right context is the most wonderful sight for a woman. <laughs> but in the wrong context, it's like a monster movie. I have
1: a question for you. When what? Dwight goes, alien, blah, and Michael's like, shut it, shut up. Was that improvised? Yes. Oh, my God. I don't know. Do you want me to look it up? I do because I remember Rain as Dwight messing around, and I just didn't know if that was him being an idiot,
0: and it got to stay in. Well, let me see. How should I find this in this document? I'm thinking I should put in the word penis. Oh, God. Oh, God. And see, oh, there's so many. I, So many. (laughs) Oh, boy. I'm opening up some snacks. Your grandma would not have liked this word search right now. No. Oh, all right. Okay, I found it. So after Michael said that, Dwight was supposed to say, Freddy Krueger. Okay. I remember
1: this. I remember that Rain kept doing these alts that he was kind of making up in the moment. And that alien one was not one that was scripted. I was pretty sure, but I wanted to yep. see.
0: You were right. This is a random tangent. Okay. Have you ever been flashed? Well, I've spent a lot of time in New York City and I've seen a lot of penises on the street, oh, but God. I've and on the subway, oh, my Lord. but I've never been directly flashed. What about you? Oh, I I mean, listen, women out there listening.
1: They're just creepers and it I mean, I have been flashed. One, I was waiting for the tube in London. I was in college and doing a semester abroad and my friend and I were standing there and this old man, I'm talking in his 70s. It was like if you saw it in a movie, you'd be like, "Oh, it's too on the nose." He literally had on a khaki trench coat. He was 70. Oh. And he opened up his trench coat and was totally naked and wiggled around his old man penis. And we were like, oh, my God. It was so crazy to me because it looked like something out of a a cartoon. I was like, this can't be real. Old dude, khaki coat, flasher in a subway. Come on.
0: You know, flashing is considered a sexual assault, and statistically, many young and underage women, that is their sort of first experience with a uh, sexual assault is flashing, is men flashing their penises. And it's horrible. It's freaking horrible.
1: I was young, so I just went, ah! And then years later, I was flashed, and I literally yelled, knock it off!
0: But why do we have to deal with that? I don't why, know. Why do women have to deal with With that. Like, I don't have enough to do in my day. I also have to tell you not to flash me. Yeah. I have to tell you to get your penis out of my face. I'm busy. I don't have time for that shit. I don't have time for your old man penis. No, I don't. For reals. You know what I mean? My grandmother would have turned us off, Jenna. (laughs) This podcast? (laughs) I feel like your grandma would be on my side on this one. Oh, for sure. I'd like your grandma and I to go around and talk to some flashers. Oh, she would let them have it. Well, let's see. Where Sorry, I we? got us
1: off on a tangent, but I was just like, "Hey, I've been flashed. I wonder if Jenna has." Most women. Most women, most women have, been have
0: flashed. Yeah, that's the problem. Yep. Um, and you know what? By the way, I just want to say the unsolicited dick pic text is the modern day flashing. Oh, yes. If a woman doesn't ask to see your dick, don't send a pic. Yeah. It's not difficult. Yeah. Truly. Truly. It's like, why does it need to be said? Oh, my God. You got me all amped up. I'm sorry. I just am realizing
1: I've never gotten a dick pic. (laughs) What?
0: (laughs) I, honestly, I've never gotten a dick pic either. We're old. We're we're old, but we've been flashed. We we've haven't been flashed, had dick pics. but young ladies get dick pics. Okay, where were we? Where we are is that Michael's angry at society. He says that the problem is that the media portrays women as being skinny, tall goddesses, which, if you look around the office, they clearly are not in real life. Yeah. You know, even the prettiest ones are, what does he say? Not that thin or something. (laughs) Jenna, were you just like, hey, what the heck? No, people ask us that all the time if we were personally offended by jokes at our expense. And no, I don't know. Is it just because in comedy you're so often asked to be self-deprecating or you just have a good sense of humor? I don't know. I thought it was funny.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, same with me. I'm, I'm always like some size
0: joke, you know. And it also just never really felt personal. I yeah, don't know. It the, didn't. The joke is that he's saying something he shouldn't say, right? Yeah. Well, Karen tells Michael he's being misogynistic and Michael is like, thank you thank you yes and she's like no i'm saying you're being sexist he's like no i'm not i'm, I'm being misogynistic. misogynistic and
1: she's like oh my god and then and then the women just start to really call him out phyllis is like michael when i got my hair cut short you said i look like a lesbian and angela's
0: like yeah and you always think we're on our periods if we get upset but that's because he needs to know if he should take you seriously or not i know there's a lot of issues There's a lot of issues. (laughs) Well, Karen and Angela want to get back to work, but Michael says he knows what the problem is. The problem is they're in too masculine of an environment to really bond and heal. He needs to take them to the mall.
1: Yeah, he needs to take the women to a place where they can heal. And that's a shopping mall. Yes. We see a series of talking heads, Karen She still thinks all of this idea of going to the mall is insulting, but she had some items to return. I have a talking head that I say that malls are just awful and humiliating. They're just store after store of these horrible salespeople making a big fuss out of an adult shopping in a junior section. And I improvised the last line of this talking head. You did? I did. I did. I said, there are petite adults who are sort of smaller who need to wear maybe a kid size
0: 10. Lady, I've been to Target with you and gone shopping. Yeah. And you shop in the junior section. I do. I shop in the kids section. And um, for a long time, I was a kid size 10. I remember you couldn't find a pair of jeans that didn't have like a rainbow applique on the pocket. Yeah. All your
1: clothes. All and my clothes like, had a butterfly or something on it. Yeah. I am no
0: longer a kid
1: size 10, so. Well, there you go. I'm thank a, you pandemic for that. Yeah. Thank you quarantine 15. But I am a kid size 14.
0: Oh, I see. The quarantine 15 is like a real thing, and as the holidays approach, I am concerned cuz I've I've already I'm already tipping the scales into my holiday clothes. I don't what is going to happen. After the holidays. I am in what I used to call my baggy jeans, and
1: they're, like, so tight. Like, I had to suck in to button them. What are
0: we going to do? I don't know. What are we going to do when the pies and Christmas cookies start? Thanksgiving is going to push me over. I don't know what is going to happen. Okay, so Pam
1: has now finished her sketch of the flasher and hands it over to Dwight.
0: Yes, And he is thrilled. She's like, listen, Phyllis got a good look. This is accurate. Dwight starts making copies of this flyer, which reads, this man is a pervert. (laughs) And the picture is very clearly Dwight with no glasses and a mustache.
1: Lady, I saved one of these flyers from that week. And I have it. I have the original, one of the original ones that... Rain is holding up his Dwight. And I love it. It makes me laugh. I have it in my scrapbook bin. Speaking of, I've started scrapbooking.
0: I saw on your Instagram Mm -hmm. stories, you put your kids to work on that. They were very excited. They loved it. It made me happy. I think it's a great idea. Well, listen, if you look on this poster, there is a phone number, a 1-800 number for the Anti-Flashing Task Force. This was a real phone number. Yes. And after the episode, you could call it and you would get a message from Dwight. And I have what the message said. I love this. Read it, Jenna. You have reached Dwight K. Schrute, commander of the Lackawanna County Anti-Flashing Task Force and regional manager of Dunder Mifflin. If you have information leading to the capture and or castration of this pervert, press one. If this is the flasher, let's talk. You need a friend right now, and I can help you. Just tell me where you want to meet, and I promise to help you with whatever it is you need. Thank you, and have a nice day. Oh, and if you are inquiring about any of our paper products and would like a catalog, please press 2. Finally, if anyone, not the Flasher, is interested in a kick ass 1985 maroon firebird, I could be persuaded to sell mine. Please press 1 for that, too. <laughs>
1: and people called it a
0: lot of people called
1: that number here's an interesting trivia tidbit that is the same phone number as Vance Refrigeration
0: oh yes mm-hmm. yes when we've seen the Vance Refrigeration phone number yep well listen lady before we head out to the mall maybe we should take a break
1: let's take a break because then we're getting into Meredith's van and we're going to need to we're going to need to talk about it
0: yeah Valvoline Instant Oil Change is the quick, easy, trusted place for your next oil change. You guys know, my dad loves it. They are so convenient, no appointment needed. You can stay in your car while they do all the work. And their friendly expert technicians have over 270 hours of training and will get you in and out fast while performing a thorough, free 18-point maintenance check with your oil change. I recently went to
1: Valvoline and I got my oil changed and everyone there was so wonderful and nice and really just informative. I feel like I learned a lot about my car. Visit valvoline.com/officeladies for an exclusive offer towards your next oil change.
0: When you travel, do you ever think like, oh no, I hope I locked up. Did I leave a window open? Things like that? Well, that's why you should invest in Simply Safe home security today. Simply Safe was named Best Home Security System in 2024 by the US News and World Report. And Newsweek ranked it best customer service in home security. Well, you all have heard me talk about Simply Safe
1: because it really is simple and it does make me feel safe. We went through the website and we picked exactly what we needed for our home. That's what I really like is you can customize what you need to fit your living space. You know? I love our Simply Safe. Simply Safe has given me and many of my listeners real peace of mind, and I want you to have it too. Get 20% off any new Simply Safe system when you sign up for Fast Protect monitoring. Just visit simplysafecom Office Ladies. That's simplysafe.com Office Ladies. There's no safe like Simply Safe. Okay, we're back, and all the ladies are off to the mall with Michael in Meredith's really fantastic van. Yeah, she's driving, but also eating potato chips and littering. I do want you all to know that we had a van following behind us, and their job was to pick up the bag. It would go out the car, and they had to pick up the bag. So
0: we, in fact, did not litter. That is incredible. Yeah. We had a fan question about the van from Nikki Lawrence. How did they decide the order in which you all sat in Meredith's van? Was it planned out or did you just sit wherever? Well, I know that I sat in the front seat because I get carsick and I know that they planned it that way, but I went to the script and here is what it said about the van. Okay. It said, the van is strewn with takeout containers and the dashboard is lit with every warning light imaginable. Michael sits in the middle seat of the middle row between Kelly and Phyllis. Karen and Angela are in the back row. Michael watches the girls talk as if he's Jane Goodall observing apes. <laughs> that, is, that was the script direction for our van placement. So it was planned. But lady, when I read this, you can't see it. In the episode, but do you remember how filthy the inside of that van was? Jenna, it was so crazy. The props
1: department went all out. You could not see the floorboard. That's how much stuff they threw into that van. It literally looked like someone had lived in there for years. There were takeout containers. There were like food items that had been half eaten or made to look half eaten sitting next to me in the seat was a half eaten chocolate chip cookie <laughs> on on the seat next to me and when we would get in we would step and like kind of turn our ankles on all these weird things pieces of clothing like a, a like a a broken like old phone like you, just everything you could imagine it looked like someone dumped a trash can in the floorboard
0: well another thing they did and i don't know if you remember this ange but as a joke they thought it would be really funny if they put all of these air fresheners yeah. in the front of her car, so like Meredith wouldn't clean out her car, she would just add another air freshener and they were dangling from the rear view mirror. They were all over the dashboard. Yes, they were all over the front of the car. Just the front where Kate and I were sitting and the fumes from these air fresheners were making us sick. You were getting a headache and you kept being like, gosh, guys, I keep getting a
1: headache. You know, while we were filming in the van, I was in the way back with half eaten food. I couldn't smell the air fresheners. I remember there was all of a sudden this moment where you and Kate were like, oh, my God,
0: it's these air
1: fresheners. There's like 15 of them.
0: And here's the thing. You couldn't even see them. So they were like, oh, we don't even see those in the shot. We can just take those out. So they took him out, and then we were fine. It's too bad you couldn't see the hard
1: work that the crew did to make that van look so junky inside. Yeah, it was it was a work of art. Jenna, there's one thing in the DVD commentary about the scene where Meredith is eating the potato chips. Like, just she just dumps them on her face from the bag yeah. and throws the bag out. In the DVD commentary, you said you kept laughing and laughing and laughing. You couldn't keep a straight face. And they actually used a different reaction shot of you from a different moment in the van because they never got a clean one of you.
0: I was probably jealous, too, because I really like those sour cream and onion chips. You do love sour cream and onion. (laughs) You and my daughter. Isabel loves them. I do, too. I can't keep them in the house. It'll just be cheddar bunnies all over again. Oh, no. (laughs) Quarantine 15. I know. So... Uh, Now we're back at Dunder Mifflin, and this is such a quirky little storyline where Kevin comes up to Jim and says, would you like to join me in the women's bathroom?
1: I thought this was so funny because... I just so believe this curiosity of like, what's it like on the other side over there? You know, I mean, I've been in a men's room and like, it's disgusting. Disgusting. So gross. Like I've been like somewhere like a Starbucks, like a year ago or so. And there's a line for the women's room. And like, I, my daughter really, really had to go. And there was no one in the men's room. So I was like, listen, we'll just go quickly. And you go in the men's room and it's like, Ugh! what is going on in there?
0: Another thing I'd like to say is that, you know, there are a lot of fathers with daughters and they are actively parenting their children and they go places and their kids need to use the bathroom. And by the way, their little boys need to sit down too. Can we keep our bathrooms clean, guys? Can we keep them a little cleaner so that dad's can take their kids to the bathroom, and it's not totally disgusting. Jenna is just asking two things, guys: no dick pics, unless no solicited. Unless if a lady asks for your dick pic, send fire away. away. Go for it.
1: Fire away, fire away. I don't know why that's making me laugh, um but yeah, and keep your toilets tidy. So yes, Kevin is curious. He wants to go in the women's room and he goes in. And he's like, oh my God, you got to see this. There's like yes. a sofa, there's potpourri, there's candles, there's like a nice lamp, you know,
0: magazines. Do you blame us? This is our only sanctuary away from Michael. We've had to do this in this office. It's the one place he cannot come speak to us. So we've created, I believe, a sanctuary. Oh, yeah. Well, I have to tell you, this bathroom, the woman's bathroom set, this is a non-working bathroom. None of the sinks and toilets actually worked when we weren't using them. I was always bummed about that, by the way. Because they were so conveniently located to our set, but they weren't real.
1: The actual bathrooms were much further away, and I always wished our fake toilets and sinks
0: worked. You know, they used to put signs on the toilets warning visitors that they were fake and not hooked up to any plumbing.
1: Yes. And I feel like those signs were made because someone didn't know. They had to deal with that moment.
0: They did. Oh, yuck. That's true. A visitor used our fake toilet. Can you imagine
1: if you're a big fan of The Office and you get to come to set and get a tour and you're just giddy, you're so happy to see all these characters that you love, and you're the visitor that took a dump in the fake toilet on set. Who was that person? That person knows who they are. And that's why we had to make signs and tape up the toilets.
0: Oh, my God. Okay, sorry. Well, also, I want to say that the bathroom didn't look like this before this episode. They had to build this little set.
1: They did. I mean, pretty much these fake bathrooms were really small. And when they weren't being used, they were storage. They were like closets.
0: Yeah, the crew would keep like their stands and lights and things Uh behind those bathroom doors. Yeah. Well, this scene that they have in the bathroom, they're kind of just chit-chatting. And Jim says that he's going out to dinner for his six-month anniversary with Karen. And I have a question. Do we celebrate our six-month anniversary of dating? Are we doing that? I think you do if things aren't going well. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. You mark the occasion of your six-month dating anniversary when you need something to celebrate because it's been difficult.
1: Yeah, because you're like, we made it six months and this will mean a lot to her. So let's celebrate it.
0: I had that same thought.
1: I was cracking up in the scene because Ryan clearly doesn't know what potpourri is. Is he going to eat it? He's playing with it. <laughs> He's fidgeting. And it's also awkward. He sent Karen this email and Jim's like, yeah, she read it to me. It's so cringy and just so well done. But I couldn't help but watch BJ playing with that potpourri.
0: I agree. Well, back at the mall, Meredith is parking the van and she is just just crashing into a car next to her jenna in the dvd commentary they said we really did that we
1: really really scraped up an actual car
0: no not a not yes. one that we didn't own no we owned it but still they yes. were they were going to
1: see if they could cheat it where it looked really tight and but you can't oh, cheat right that right shot. right and just
0: put in like a sound effect or something yes they were going right. to put in
1: a sound effect and see if maybe we could just cheat but you couldn't. You could see it too clearly. So they just let Kate actually do that. Kate Flannery. There was no stunt
0: driver. Wedged that van and scraped <laughs> up that car. And then we had to pay for the damages. Yeah, but it was our car. It was it was like a picture car. Yeah, as, as they our, call our it. sort of prop car. Well, when we get into the mall, we're up in the food court, and you remember, lady, it was like seven a.m. Yeah, and I, it was so early. And I just watched this scene. You talk about Ryan playing with the potpourri. And I was just watching this being so impressed that Rashida committed to eating those chips at 7 (laughs) a.m. I was like, you go. I remember
1: really wishing we had soda. Like I was like, oh, I'd give anything for a Coca-Cola or something because it was so early. But those cups just had water in them. And I was like, oh, dang it. I could use some caffeine.
0: I remember being very jealous of Mindy's Cinnabon.
1: Yes. And I'm just reading The Electric City the whole time, which is an actual Scranton newspaper.
0: Yes. Well, I also want to note that in this scene, Michael says, ladies, let's dish about anything on your mind. And then I counted. There is a 15 second moment of silence.
1: I love that. I love
0: when our show does that. I know. And he breaks the silence by asking what a pap smear is. And then also, is it schmear? hmm uh-huh. Growing up uh-huh. as a young woman, it was a little unclear to me if it was smear or schmear.
1: I had no idea.
0: It's smear. Pap smear. It, pap mm-hmm. smear. Yeah. Just if, and if this has been haunting anyone else, it is not <laughs> schmear like the cream cheese on a bagel. Yeah. They smear it. Okay. After they pap it. That's right. Pam changes the subject to Kelly and Ryan, but that doesn't really go anywhere. And then Michael starts asking them about role play. And this is when he. I guess it becomes clear that he and Jan do role play where he is the schoolgirl. But but also apparently so does Phyllis. Phyllis like, yeah, it can be fun. Phyllis is very, she is, she's certainly not disapproving of the idea. No, she said, it. Angela, however, is like, I'm out of here. I'm going to the doll store.
1: Yeah. She's like, I don't need to sit here and listen to Michael talk about his sex life with Jan.
0: I'm out. Yeah. Now, Angela, there is a big scene coming up now, and then you're not in it. What were you doing? Were you just back in your trailer? I kind of remember sitting by the, um, The pretzel place. The Auntie Anne's pretzel place. I thought it was a Wetzel's pretzel. Yes. Is it an Auntie Anne's? It's one Mm -hmm. of those. Well, in this scene, we ask Michael to make a list of pros and cons for why he is with Jan. And one of his cons is, I'm not happy when I'm with her. And we we all kind of like help him hear that, right? We're like, Michael... I think you should break up with Jan. And he's not sure. And Phyllis is like, no thinking. What do you want to do? And Michael says, I want to break up with Jan. I want to break up with Jan. Yeah. I mean, I feel like this is like a great little moment
1: that Phyllis has. And I've done stuff like this. Jenna, haven't you? Haven't you like had a moment where you're like, you have a lot of feelings about something and you're trying to make sense of them. And you just are like, okay, quiet my mind. How does this make me feel?
0: If I'm having a hard time making a decision, it could be a big thing or a small thing. I'll get out a coin and let's make it a small thing. Let's be like, I want to buy this new couch. Okay. But I can't decide. Okay. So heads is buy the couch and tails is don't buy the couch. I don't let the coin decide. But what I do is I flip it. Yeah. And then I note my reaction to the answer. Because usually you kind of do care, yes or no. Mm -hmm. So if I flip it and it says, no, don't buy the couch, and I feel relieved, then I have my answer. But if it says, no, don't buy the couch, and I'm disappointed, and I'm like, oh, two out of three, that means I want to buy the couch. Right. Did that make sense? It does make sense. I feel like I always know. I
1: always know pretty much how I feel about something in the moment. Um, I don't have to like, break down how I feel about it. It's very clear to me. And, um,
0: it's easy for you to make decisions. Yes. Even with breakups and relationships. Well, here's the thing about relationships. Sometimes,
1: you know, but it takes you a while before you can say it out loud because of the, the ramifications. Right. But I think you always know.
0: Well, I think The women really help Michael know and he is very excited. And to thank them for helping him, he's going to buy each one of them an item from Victoria's Secret. It's what we all wanted. Yeah. And then there is a talking head that Lee Eisenberg, the writer of this episode, said is one of his favorite things he got to write for Steve because Steve's delivery is so great. It's the one where he says... Most guys want their women and high heels with cleavage and wearing skimpy little outfits. I'm paraphrasing, obviously, but that he thinks a woman looks best, absolutely naked. He just said when he heard Steve deliver the end of that talking head, he so nailed it. it was like it was like a gymnast sticking the landing. Yeah, totally.
1: Well, Jenna, here's one quick thing. There are deleted scenes for this episode, and there's some really great ones, but one that I found sort of curious and fun is that all the women go into the Victoria's Secrets except for Pam and Angela. They hang back outside in the mall, and there's a beat where you and I look at each other, and we don't really say anything, and we're like, "Ah, I guess, and then we both walk in.
0: Well, that's very interesting because we had a fan catch from Sophia Lee, and this is one of those moments, Ange, at 20 minutes, 10 seconds, you and I are way back in the background of Steve's talking head, and we're just walking together through Victoria's Secret. I feel like we didn't know we were on camera, and we're just shopping. (laughs) We
1: were just sort of being chatty in the background. Totally. (laughs) That tracks.
0: Should we go back to the ladies' lounge at Dunder Mifflin?
1: Yes. And I have one of my favorite lines from this episode, and it's Toby and Paul Lieberstein totally crushes it. (laughs) Yes. Kevin's like, we should do this more often, guys. This is great. And Toby goes, I think we hang out an appropriate amount of time.
0: Yeah. It's so good. It's so good. And then at 20 minutes, 35 seconds, we have a major old tech alert when Creed enters the bathroom with a Walkman. With a yellow waterproof Walkman. Do you remember those? I owned one. I, I had owned one. one. I owned one. They were the
1: best. Do you remember the little gray buttons, though, would pop off? Yep. Yep. Yeah. And you'd have to wedge them back in. But it was fun. And why did we need a waterproof Walkman?
0: Well, the idea was that you were going to get so sweaty while you were working out. But I mean, really? Okay. Well, I guess also Brian Baumgartner told me that when Creed would enter the bathroom with that Walkman and be completely stunned and horrified that other people were in there, it would make everyone crack up. And they had a really, really hard time just getting that, just getting Creed in the room. (laughs) They could not get Creed in. I loved Creed's talking head too
1: because he's listening to music while he's doing the talking head. So he's sort of like yelling over the music he's listening to. Yes. And I think it's pretty on brand that Creed would go poo in the women's restroom. You know those people, Jenna? You yeah. know those people. We've had roommates, the roommate that goes and takes a dump in your bathroom instead of theirs. That's Creed.
0: Well, now and we go back to the mall. Angela and Michael are sitting, and I love the scene so much. Michael is dying for Angela to pick something out that he can buy her. He has a line where he says, "Can I please buy you some underwear?"
1: Yeah, so, so you guys, Steve wanted me to break. He was 100% messing with me. And I'd been given a very strict note from Tucker Gates and Lee and Jean that they really did not want Angela to entertain him at all. So I had to sit there very stoic as Steve as Michael just got to throw these lines at me. And there's, there's a few in the bloopers because it was really hard to keep it together. And Steve was just having a great time.
0: I watched the bloopers for this. And there is a great line that didn't make it. Is it because I started laughing? Yeah. But Steve went on to improvise something along the lines of like, pretend it's Christmas and I'm Santa. Santa would like to buy you some panties. Yes.
1: <laughs> and I started laughing so hard. Oh, that was very hard for me to get through. And I feel like Steve just started making up things. He's like, want a tea back And I was like, I don't even know what that
0: is. <sighs> Well, Pam has a talking head where she explains that she's between boyfriends right now. She doesn't need anything sexy. So she's going to buy a robe and just turn it into some hand towels. I thought that was really industrious of her.
1: I thought I thought it was ridiculous. I'm like, Pam, just get a pair of comfy sweatpants.
0: Right. That's true.
1: Right. And, and you know, just go buy some wash rags.
0: Wow. We had very <laughs> different responses to this talking head. I was offended. Anyway. I love a good bathrobe. Come on, Pam. Don't cut it up. All right. Well, now Meredith is driving everyone home from the mall, and her tire blows out. Probably because she was going too fast. I mean, how many times is my character like, slower?
1: <laughs> slower, Meredith. Um, yeah, Meredith doesn't take care of her car. That tire blows out. Michael has no idea what to do. He's like, Pam, maybe we need a Crescent Allen. Yes, that's not a thing.
0: And Pam is like, I'll do it. And she starts to change the tire. We had a fan question from Megan Keel, Ciara Begley, Bethany A, Victoria Nash and Jamie Hahn. Does Jenna really know how to change a tire? Yes, I do. So do I. And I've changed one on the side of the road with a friend of mine. Same. Yes, my dad taught me how to change a tire. He would make me practice. And he would not let me get a car until I knew how to change a tire, check the oil, and replace the fluids.
1: I love that our dads taught us how to handle our cars. I just think that's so sweet. Okay, so now we're back at the office. And you guys, Jim goes to grab a yogurt, and he sees Pam's sketch of Dwight. And he knows it's Pam. And I just feel like this is just a little moment between the two of them, even though they're not together. Yeah, I just thought it was really sweet.
0: Well, they've purposely not had much Jim Pam interaction for the last three episodes because you know next week is Beach Games, oh, and we're gonna have a big moment, oh, and are they we? really wanted that to be a surprise. Man, I rewatched Beach Games. I know we'll get there, but I was like, whoa, Pam. Yeah. Yeah, but even still, they did want some little moment where you were reminded of the affection of these two characters, and this was it, just him seeing the poster. That's all you got Yeah, this episode. And it inspired him for the tag, and we'll get to that. I think so, too. Yeah. Well, something we haven't talked much about is the Andy Dwight storyline in this episode where they're going around and they're hanging up these posters, and Dwight is just being so condescending to Andy the whole time, But it's very clear to Andy that this is a drawing of Dwight. So he's going along with it. Yeah.
1: And he takes extra flyers, says he's going to put them up all over the town. And there is a great deleted scene, Jenna. It's a quick moment. But as Michael and the ladies are driving back, they come to a red light. And Michael looks out the window and sees one of the flyers on a tree. And he looks at it and then looks to camera and goes, idiot.
0: That's brilliant.
1: So Andy's having some fun at Dwight's expense because he's gonna just plaster these everywhere. And there is a great scene when at 23 minutes, 40 seconds, Andy shows Dwight a three musketeers and goes, Have these? And Dwight's like, No, holdsies. And he takes the whole thing in true Dwight fashion, just starts chomping down on it. Well, in one of the takes, as Rain ate this candy bar this way, he choked. And I of, remember that he choked and coughed and they
0: loved it so much. They were like, "Will you do it in every take. That's amazing. Well, when Michael and the women get back to the office, Michael asks Phyllis, Karen and Pam to come into his office while he calls Jan to break up with her. Yeah, he's like, I need my girls. I love you guys. Well, he gets her voicemail and he leaves a breakup message.
1: Oh, and Jenna, your performance as Pam is so great. You're like, don't leave a message. Oh, he's like, you don't want him to leave a message, but he
0: does. And then before he can finish it, Jan walks in. She walks in. Can you imagine? I I
1: I I can't imagine. And and then he's just like, "All right, buddy, talk to you later." Oh, yeah, someone just walked in. Oh. And the wi- so- and and Phyllis and Karen and Pam, they clear the heck out of there. They're like, we're getting out of here.
0: Yes. And Jan then apologizes. She says, "I don't like how that phone call went earlier. So I drove all the way here to say I'm sorry. Can we get some dinner?" They awkwardly hold hands. It's such a, little, a weird moment. So
1: weird. Steve's performance in this scene is so brilliant. When she starts listening to the message and he's kind of looking off, he has this expression on his face. It's just brilliant. And he's just saying things like, maybe we could get Italian, Chinese. Uh
0: Jan hears the breakup message and she leaves without saying a word. Yeah. But I went to the blogs of Jenny Tan And Kath. What'd they have? Well, first of all, Kath said that when they started shooting the scene, Melora had on dark colored nail polish and Greg stopped the scene because he didn't think that it fit her character and he had them change it. Oh, wow. And she noted how impressed she was at his attention to detail that everything mattered. The smallest details mattered. And I can imagine if that nail polish was distracting to Greg, it might be distracting to an audience member and it would take you out of the scene. And being in this scene with these two characters was so important. Yeah, that would have been weird to me to see Jan with dark nail polish. I would have been thrown by that. Well, Jenny Tan said that while they were shooting this scene, they gave Melora and Steve the option of doing alternate endings and that in one Melora threw something And in another one, she growled at him. She just growled at the end. Growled? Growled. And then in another one, she broke down crying. And they were watching the taping with Jean and Lee, the writers. And Jean and Lee asked them their opinion. And that she and Kath said that they both felt that Jan would be more mad than sad. And they were so excited when they saw the final cut because they felt like they had a little part in uh, picking the ending of the scene. Well, I thought it was the
1: perfect ending. I
0: also think that Jan is not going to
1: spiral out in an office where she is everyone's superior. Yeah, and in front of the cameras. Oh, yeah. I feel like the part like once she got in her car, maybe it was yeah. a different story. But yes. but she wasn't going to let them see too much. So the episode is wrapping up. We have Michael's talking head. And Gene and Lee said this was actually a series of three talking heads that they meshed together. And then they had all this B-roll when he's like he wished for Jan to get over him and Phyllis to get a plasma TV, for Pam to get courage and Angela to get a heart and Kelly to get a brain. Yeah. All of these moments. I just loved it. I thought it was like such a great way to wrap up the episode. And now, Jenna... Let's discuss the tag.
0: This is amazing. Lee Eisenberg told me that it was actually Randall Einhorn who pitched this tag. yes, who who pitched the idea of the
1: Sharpie on the mirror, right?
0: Yes. So in this tag, Jim calls the sex Predator hotline. He has information. Dwight answers the phone. And Kath noted in her blog that it took rain six takes to get out the line Dunder Mifflin slash sex predator hotline. This is Dwight (laughs) Schrute. He had a really hard time saying it like because it was making them laugh. And Jim tells Dwight that he saw the perp in the woman's bathroom above the sink.
1: And this is Jim. This is Jim and Pam having a prank with each other. Without even knowing it, they're just missing each other
0: because Dwight runs in the bathroom He looks in the mirror, and this was Randall's pitch that there would be a little Sharpie mustache, and Dwight would take off his glasses and realize that he is the person on the flyer.
1: It's so great. It's so great. You know, I think it would have been funny without the Sharpie, but the Sharpie nails it. The Sharpie makes it. So that was a phenomenal idea by Randall Einhorn.
0: Well, that was women's appreciation. Do you guys feel like you appreciate women more?
1: I hope so. I had two things I was tracking, Jenna, and I feel like I should share them with you now. Please. First of all, Pam's plant at reception. There's not. It's not a new container. I'm sure the plant is new, but we have recycled a container. Which one is it this week? It is the indigo purple one with polka dots. Call back, right. plant, container. I know, riveting you guys, but I'm obsessed. The other thing I tracked, sorry to parents with children listening, maybe earmuffs, here is our penis count. Oh, great. So this is the actual times we say the word penis, not all of the other ways we talk about it, because we talk about it in a lot of different ways in this episode. Okay. Michael says penis twice. And Dwight says penis four times. We actually only say the word penis six times in the whole
0: episode. See? So if your grandma hadn't turned this off, she would have only had to hear it five more times. Didn't matter. Didn't want to hear it one time. Click. Off. Finished. Well, and now we're finished. (laughs) But we'll be back next week with Beach Games. Beach Games is
1: so great. And Jen Salata is going to send in some audio clips. She has some phenomenal stories. I can't wait. Can't wait. We'll see you then. See you guys. Have a great one. Thank you for listening
0: to Office Ladies. Office Ladies is produced by Earwolf, Jenna Fisher, and Angela Kinsey. Our producer is Cody Fisher. Our sound engineer is Sam Kiefer. And our associate producer is Ainsley Bubiko. Our theme song is Rubber Tree by Creed Bratton. For ad-free versions of Office Ladies, go to stitcherpremium.com. For a free one-month trial of Stitcher Premium, use code OFFICE.